We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome into another edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Argent Wealth. I'm Neil McCready, joined by Martin Palomo from uh, Ridgeland, Mississippi, there with Argent Wealth. Um, we'll talk uh, last show, 2023. Um, today's December the 14th as we record. Uh, next week, of course, people breaking for christmas and then uh, after that i'll be in atlanta and then the new year so the next time we get back together it will be 2024 uh, which should be a pretty interesting uh, year for uh, markets and every other thing possible for anything to be interesting about so we'll get to all of that in a minute first let me tell you that <clears throat> i'm coming to you from the clark ford studios clark ford's in amory mississippi 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. And uh, Martin, before we get rolling, tell the people uh, what's going on. Your neck of the woods. Yeah, <clears throat> man, we're all gearing up for for the holidays. Um, I can't remember if uh, last time we we talked. Um, we had a we had a holiday like an open house here. Mm -hmm. um, lot, tons of our clients came was a lot of fun, man. It just kind of really put me in the, in the holiday spirit. And usually this time of year is kind of dead for us. Um, you know, people not really wanting to talk about what's going on in their money, but man, I don't know what changed <laughs> for this year, but man, I have been, I have been slammed. I've been back to back, um, you know, most of this month already, which is just wild. December is usually a, a chill month for me, but man, I may, I may, maybe we have uh folks listening going, Hey man, I need to, you know, uh, take a take a temperature measurement of of my financial health right now so you know we appreciate if folks our listeners and folks calling in and people wanting to meet it has been uh, it's been really awesome so you know we've really been uh focused on the planning piece well i know we'll talk about a little bit on the show you know how markets have done um you know in the past couple months and what we think the the year is going to look like and and man um we can probably even do a little bit of blind forecasting for for next year so uh 
so yeah, man, I would usually say this is a slow time of year for us, but man, it has been, it has been slammed and I'm grateful for that. But uh, if folks are listening and they haven't taken their temperature as it relates to their, you know, their investments or their plan, um, we are still open to talking to folks um, and you can reach us. Uh, email is info at my argent, A-R-G-E-N-T wealth.com or the phone number didn't change. You can pick up that old fashioned phone and call us 601-957-0323. All right. We're not going to go super long today. Martin's got a lot of stuff going on. As I was just telling him my world over the last, I don't know, about 10, more than that, 12 days or so has been completely consumed by the NCAA transfer portal. So I, I'm honestly at a place where I don't know what's happening in the world, which is not a very comfortable thing for me. I typically like to keep up. So I'm sort of catching up on the fly here. So I'm, Martin's going to do the overwhelming majority of the talking, which is good news if you're listening. So I'll, I'll start here, Martin. Uh, the <laughs> yeah. Wall, Street Journal, Wall Street Journal reports today, uh, the headline, <clears throat> stock market today, Fed-fueled rally continues, indexes advance. Mm-hmm. Treasury yields drop with 10-year yield below 4%. Japanese yen surges. The uh, story says it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas on <laughs> Wall Street. The S&P 500 and other major indexes edged higher after gaining more than 1% on Wednesday. Benchmark bond yields fell to multi-month lows after the Federal Reserve signaled interest rate cuts in 2024. The Dow is coming off a record close. I'm, my brain immediately goes to politics when I read that. Um, we can the, talk about that too. The 10 year treasury yield is back below 4% just weeks after it breached 5% loosening financial conditions in the economy. Uh, in morning market action here on this Thursday morning, stocks rose with all three leading U S indexes advancing slightly. Uh, small caps climbed with the Russell 2000 outperforming the major indexes. Global stocks surged. Uh, indexes in Australia, Hong Kong, and South Korea all added more than 1%. The stocks Europe 600 index also rose by more than 1%. The bond rally continued, pushing down yields on sovereign debt in Europe and Asia Pacific. Yep. Central banks in London and Frankfurt followed the Fed in holding rates steady but showed less enthusiasm after shifting to rate cuts. Uh, the dollar weakened against the yen and a range of other currencies, including the euro and British pound. Norway's currency surged after an unexpected rate rise and commodities rallied with oil prices and gold advancing roughly 3%. So that's a lot. That's a lot. We can, I can unpack all of that piece by piece too. All right. You are the man. The floor (laughs) is yours. Cool. Well, you know, it's one of the things we've been talking about for not just recently, man. I mean, we've been talking about this for years on this podcast with, you know, a lot of people have different ways that they, you know, measure, um, how they're going to make adjustments or moves in the portfolio. And, and I have said, and I will, I will die on this Hill that the fed, the federal reserve of the United States, the fed governors are the most powerful people in the world as it relates to, you know, markets and, uh, and finance or, or hell the economy too. They have so much power, um, in, in making markets move or influencing markets in the economy um, that, that, you know, only presidents wish that they actually had. And so, you know, one of our rules, one of our tenets, and it has been for years, is uh, don't fight the Fed, which means if the Fed is doing things that's going to cause the economy 
to slow down and tighten, you know, that's times when we look at going, okay, we probably need to to reduce the risk in our portfolio. If the economy is going to slow down, we probably need to reduce the risk by either, you know, adding hedges in the portfolio. Uh, in, in normal times, you can add bonds into the portfolio, but it's been a weird last several years. So that wasn't possible to do that. Uh, or you just reduce stocks and put some, you know, in cash. Um, truth of the matter is, is that the average listener, the average person out there has so much going on with their own life, you know, whether it's, you know, a career, raising families, raising kids, doing all of the stuff that comes on a day-to-day basis that, you know, paying attention and tracking so that they can manage things themselves becomes, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's another task, another thing to do. And what can happen is the fed can make a move you know, in the middle of the day on a Wednesday when, you know, you're at work or picking up kids or doing something like that and you have no idea you miss it and you don't make adjustments to your portfolios. And those are, that's the things that we do for our clients is we are constantly plugged in kind of learning or, or watching what's happening from the Fed, learning uh, about what their next steps are going to be and then making adjustments as we see fit. Now, we don't make adjustments on, you know, earnings forecasts or anything like that. We are really looking at big events and the fed just telegraphed, um, you know, a huge event that they, uh, that kind of reversed course from where they've been, which they, the December meeting, which was yesterday, Wednesday, um, you know, they said they were going to hold rates steady. They weren't going to, they weren't going to hike rates they weren't going to cut rates, but they did telegraph that they were going to cut, um, more drastically next year than they had been telegraphing. So meaning that, that uh, interest rates are going to go down by more than they thought than more than they had said previously, which, which kind of fuels stocks to rise. So when interest rates get go down, stocks are generally going to surge. Uh, bond prices will generally surge because they are like the seesaw effect. So interest rates are going down, bond prices are going up just like when they went on their rate hiking, um, you know, campaign, Uh, And interest rates went up, bond prices and stocks went down. And it's, you know, people are like, is it really that simple? And the the truth of the matter is, is it, it truly is kind of that simple. Now you have to understand some other things and the type of adjustments that you make, but most people are not paying attention, you know, on the sixth, every six Wednesdays of the year, you know, what's going on in the Fed. That's what, that's what we get. That's how we earn our income. That's what we get paid to do. So kind of setting up for the year end, the Fed has been really accommodating um, to investors and that we've had really good bond markets in November. I mean, November was, I think, the best bond market rally increase in price, um, you know, for sure, at least in the last 20 years. And what ended up happening was the Fed didn't even do anything, but the 10-year Treasury went from 5% to like 4.1. So that was a almost 1% decrease bond prices, you know, went up, stocks went up, stocks surged. So this time of year anyway, is usually there's a bit of a, what we call the Santa Claus rally. And that's just because people are generally in better spirits during the holidays. Um, there's a little bit more optimism, you know, in across the the board and, and, and stocks generally trying to kind of reflect that. Uh, and this year has been no different that we definitely have, a Santa Claus rally going on, but we really have a Santa Claus rally because it's been fueled by, um, by the fed, by the, la- the language of the fed. So 
we kind of we kind of addressed the what you said the ten year part and the stocks rising. Let me talk about the small small uh, small stocks because not all stocks are created equal. So most of the time when people think about stocks, really they're thinking about the big daddies, you know, the big names, the Amazon, the Apple, you know, Microsoft, uh, Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, IBM, Johnson and Johnson, you know. Uh, Wells Fargo, JP Morgan Chase, you know, all these really huge, you know, large companies. But they, those large companies really are 498 of, you know, a, a universe of uh, several thousand stocks. So there's a lot of other companies, uh, public companies that exist that, um, that trade, you know, that are publicly uh, traded stocks, but they uh, are smaller than your, Microsoft's your your Amazon's they aren't the big daddies um and really that's probably uh, a lot of folks that work um for not those large companies probably either work for a subsidiary or maybe directly for um some of the smaller some of the smaller companies and they do really big things like you know you would think Delta Airlines like when I think Delta Airlines I think of a massive company right Delta's huge it's the largest you know air carrier in the world, but they, they're considered a, a, a mid sized company, um, you know, in the stock market, you know, Southwest airlines, you know, being another one of them, um, you know, and so generally those smaller companies, they tend to over long periods of time have larger, uh, growth returns, but they also come with a lot more fluctuation and volatility. And so the last two years, Actually, that's not true. The last several years, the really big boys, the big companies have just outperformed those smaller companies. And um, so this year, really since um, I'm going to call it the fourth quarter, kind of started in August, but it was really some of September too. Or really, I mean, it kind of started in August, but I'll say counting it starting in September, those smaller companies really began to outperform. And one of the things that that kind of tells us, the things that I'm looking at is, there's economic cycles that happen. If you study, uh, you know, basic economics, there are economic cycles that happen. You have, you know, growth, a peak, a decline and a trough, and then you have growth and a peak and a decline and trough and a business cycle works the exact same way. And they're somewhat correlated to economic cycles, but there are a couple of indicators that happen for us that tell us where we are, you know, in the business cycle or in the economic cycle. And generally, when small companies start outperforming large companies, that's actually signs of um, early uh, early expansion in the business cycle, which kind of is telling us, is telegraphing us a little bit that we probably are going to have um, a, a soft landing for the economy, or we may be in a in a scenario where we may actually have a no landing at all where we start re-accelerating back before we ever actually touch down. So a couple of things that, you know, Reed and I are looking at and, and, you know, and Eric um, are talking about on our investment committee is just where we are in the economic cycle, where we are in a business cycle. And then we reposition the underlying holdings of our big, you know, investment portfolios based on, based on that. So I know I have been talking nonstop and I've fed through a fire hose and I can keep on because we still haven't talked about 
bonds, the dollar, or commodities yet. Keep on, man. But, you do, you're doing your thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just listening. I'm, I'm staying. Sweet. I'm staying out of the. Uh, I'm staying out of the fray. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to my lane right now. I, you want, cool. you want to know about defensive backs who are in the transfer portal? I can probably help you. But if you, if well, we're talking about bond rallies in in the Asia Pacific, man, I'm, I'm out. I, I, well, I have nothing well, to add. I'll talk about bond rallies in Europe. Not about not in the Asia Pacific region, <laughs> but I am very interested in is Colorado actually going to have a better transfer portal experience than than Ole Miss? So, but we can talk about that too. Or okay. if you want to, uh, if you want to dip totally, into that, Colorado's is totally different than Ole Miss's. Um, Colorado's trying to get splash and hype, and he's trying to get offensive linemen to protect his son. Sure. I mean, Man, a he, car he was not very well protected. A car just went down my street. I, kid I you heard not. it. I heard it through the through the recording. I kid you not. That car was going 70 miles an hour. It sounded like a pissed off hornet. Wow. I heard that through the. That's crazy how loud that had to be to get picked up in the mic. I mean, I was talking with headphones on and sort of saw it and heard it at the same time. <laughs> it sounded like a jet going down the road. Anyway. Um, Colorado's trying to get offensive linemen to protect Shadour Sanders. Ole Miss is trying to get, uh, they're trying to fill holes and rebuild their defensive line because what happened was that night in Athens in November, uh, reality struck, which was, Hey, we're a 10 and two team, but if we want to get to that next place, we're at this, we're at, you're about as high as you can get without making the playoff right now Yep. to make the playoff though. They've got to get better on the defensive front because what they saw that whole night, as sobering as it must have been, was that Georgia's offensive front manhandled their defensive front. So that's what they're kind of trying to address. Yeah, opened up some pretty big holes. Um, and while you talk, by the way, don't be dis- – I'm going to hand it back to you to talk about the markets. If you see yeah. me leave for a second, it's I've got to let the dogs back in. So um, just keep going. Cool. I'll be back. No, you're good, dude. So I'm going to talk a little bit about – uh, the last two, the last real, I'll call it two, three things uh, on this piece, and then we can we can shift somewhere else. So, you know, bonds. Um, we've been talking a lot about bonds this year. It's it's really, you know, I, I'm the bond guy um, here at the office, and Reed is our stock guy, and he usually gets the limelight and the spotlight because generally, you know, stocks outperform bonds, and people want to talk about their stocks. They don't care at all talking about their bonds and it's been a it's been a fun year, really, for the last two years because we missed a lot of the beatdown uh, last year in our portfolios for bonds because we went to institutional money markets and cash in a lot of that portfolio. Uh, and then this year, you know, we were I'm going to get a, I'm going to say a real technical term. We were uh, we were ultra short duration in our bond portfolio, meaning that we really just held a bunch of um, you know short term treasury bonds in the portfolio. And uh, we were up, you know, five, six percent in that piece. And then our short duration high yield or the part of the portfolio is up, you know, nine, 10. So we had a really good year in the bond portfolio. Um, stocks are absolutely crushing it again, uh, you know, this year. But it's not just bonds in the U.S. that, um, you know, that are starting to become attractive. It's also bonds that are you know, that are in Europe that are beginning to become attractive. And, you know, one of the things that I telegraphed, uh, you know, to my team was, 
this was right before the Fed announced their stuff is that Bank of England kind of came out and said, hey, we think we're going to cut by 100 basis points, which is 1%. Like one basis point is equal to 0.01, um, you know, percent. So they said they were going to cut by 100. And I looked at my team and I was like, dude, if they cut by 100, I bet the Fed cuts more. And then the next day, the Fed says, hey, we're going to sharpen and accelerate. And I was like, oh, my God, here we go. It's a we're about to be off at the races. So it's about to be really interesting for global bonds as well. Um, you know, uh, the 10 year treasury is down, um, about 1%, um, since November. So there's been a little bit of, of uptick in pricing, but I'm going to say that the value is not gone in bonds because of that. I think that, you know, we'll still be able to get really, really good investment grade, uh, safe corporate bonds that are going to still going to pay us you know, somewhere between five, five, six and a half percent. And then there's some other things that we, we don't talk about a lot on air because uh, they're really a little bit esoteric um, that we use in our alternative strategies that I am totally licking my chops. But the only thing that sucks is like, I can't give all of my clients access to it. You have to qualify from um, a liquid net worth um, qualification to be like an accredited investor and man, there's one section of the, I'm going to call it fixed income, the bond market that um, is more on the private side, that it is the, the returns are, are so sexy that it's all, it should be illegal what they're going to be able to do. And I wish I could give it to all of my clients, but I can't, that people have to qualify for it. Um, so, I mean, I guess if we also have any listeners, I'll be a salesperson here. <laughs> if we've got any listeners that, you know, that think they might be an accredited investor and they want to hear that idea, um, I am very, very happy to share it. It is about the sexiest thing that I'm, I can, I can look at right now because it's returns oh, wow. are going to be, what's that? I said, wow, sexiest thing. I mean, dude, and we're talking about bonds here, man, or fixed income, but returns look like they're going to be somewhere in the 12, 13 for a little while. Um, with, with, uh, that are investment grade and it's just, it's, in, it's insane, man. But uh, again, the unfortunate thing is that it's, it's not available to everybody. You have to be an accredited investor, um, to get access to it. Uh, but, but it is, it is, man, she's a 10, actually she's a 12. She's a 12. Uh, I know that 12s don't exist, but I'm telling you, this is a 12. It's unbelievable. Uh, the other thing too, two more things and I'll, I'll shut up about this piece. You know, you said you, you you said the dollar had weakened, which is true. And that is such a good thing for the investment portfolio for all of our investments that are outside of the US. And we're a global firm. Everyone should have a global investment perspective. And it's just been so hard to source returns from outside of the US just because the dollar has been so strong. Like even when you have a positive return outside of the US and you, you know, and you convert those gains from the local currency back to us dollar, the us dollar will just wipe out, you know, all of the gains that you had in the local currency because the dollar was so strong. So what's kind of happening with a weakening dollar is that, you know, it's cool if the dollar weakens and our markets are still, our us markets are still going up because you get your us dollar returns in us dollar anyway. But if the dollar is weakening, your non us returns will actually get, you know, an enhancement from a weakening dollar. So if you have positive returns outside the U S you're going to get even more um, in the, in the exchange, the currency exchange back to the U S dollar. So that's positive news for us. And then the last thing I'll say 
we're going to say it was a, I think it was commodities that you said, I'm not going to talk about oil and gold. I'm going to talk about Bitcoin because I know you and I had a conversation about Bitcoin a couple of months ago. One of our listeners asked us if we would do a deal on it. And I wish I would have gone back to listen to see what it was. I think it was like up a hundred, a hundred percent or so whenever you and I had that conversation. And today, dude, it's like, it's up like 170% this year. Absolutely insane. I mean, started the year in like the 16, $17,000 per coin range. And I mean, last I saw it was trading at like 43, 44, 45,000, something like that. It's just been an unbelievable, unbelievable run. And if you kind of look at the patterns of how crypto goes, it's like, you know, it'll, it'll run up to a high, then it'll crash down, but the bottom is not as low as the previous bottom. And then it'll run up on another high and it'll crash back down. So the last high was like in the 60,000s range. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that it is quite possible. We see Bitcoin push through that 75,000 threshold, you know, by the end of next year, it is quite possible. Now I might eat my words. I might be eating crow. This is not me, you know, telling people, Hey, go out and load up on Bitcoin. I am not saying that whatsoever. It should not be a huge part of your, of your portfolio. But if you have a little bit of exposure to it, it certainly is a, you know, something that that is a diversifier in the portfolio. And it has kicked any almost every stock's ass this year. And stocks are having a great year. But um, I know like my Coinbase account, and I think I, I shared with you the last time, like I'm a I'm a dollar cost average person for for Bitcoin. Cause anything that's volatile. That is how you have to invest. You have to dollar cost average. So I'm putting money in every two weeks, you know, into Bitcoin and into Ethereum. 
And uh, I mean, dude, my Bitcoin wallet right now is is scary. And I'm almost at the point where I'm like, I want to sell so that I can uh, <laughs> so that I can harvest, you know, some of those profits. But I'm like, just leave it alone. Don't look at it. Don't do anything because that's the, that becomes the, you know, and I I'm emotional about my money. Just like, you know, I tell people, hey, don't be emotional. Let someone who is un- unemotionally attached to your dollars manage your money. I have, I'm, I'm the same as everyone else. Like I get nervous about my money. Um, just like I get, you know, just like other folks do, you know, and I'm over here going, ah, maybe I should pull, you know, some out and, but, but I'm investing every two weeks. So that's why I'm like, no, it's just like my 401k. I don't need to look at it. And I don't look at my 401k, but I look at my Bitcoin every day. So anyway, I talked a whole lot. I'm going to shut up, uh, for just a minute. And if you want to talk some more football, we can talk football too. Um, I, I'm, my brain is just in a pretzel. So, I, I mean, football me... and money, man. Could we we could do a show on football and money, right? Well, I'll tell you this: more than ever before, money drives football. Money, the the whole transfer portal is about nothing but money. It is all about money. It is like an auction. Well, how do you hey, feel about you that? that man. I, okay. I, no, I don't. I don't. I don't feel anything about it. Let me ask you. I love it. I don't feel anything about it. I don't. Okay. What does it do to you if when you find out? Because you're an Ole Miss fan. Yeah. When you find out that if a kid comes to Ole Miss, he just came because Ole Miss was the biggest bidder, or if yeah. he, if if a kid that you cheer for leaves Ole Miss and he leaves because there's a bigger bidder elsewhere, does that bother you, or do you, are you cool with it? Man, um, I'm probably the unpopular opinion here, and and uh, it does not bother me at all. You know what I think is kind of cool mm-hmm. though? It's like some of these, some of these, some of these guys most of these guys will never play on Sundays. Right. Um, you know, and so for some of these dudes, it is, uh, it is a way for them to at least earn a little bit of an income stream. Now I realize that the guys who are getting the big NIL deals probably are going to be playing on Sunday. Right. Uh, at least a lot of them are, but some of them may not. Uh, a lot of them have a chance. There's two different, there's two different, there's, there's kind of three tiers of this right now. And look, there was a court ruling in, in West Virginia yesterday that could change everything. Um, but there's sort of three tiers. There's there's the entry-level tier for the the, the big five-star player. It's not, like, it's not as much money as you think it is. Then there's the tier where you're a good enough player to be a really good college player, but you're probably not like a sure thing in the NFL. Those guys are making a certain payment and then there's the guy that has one year left before he goes to the NFL and that, that's an impact guy and those are the guys that are really moving the market they're they're the guys that are making bank gotcha gotcha yeah man I mean I guess it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all with you know because I guess the side of the the let me say like the it's not a cynical side or anything like that but you know, the schools make a tremendous amount of money off of the football program. I mean, it, it drives everything. all all the other sports. Um, literally, at most schools, it drives everything with the exception of men's basketball. And at a lot of schools, it doesn't drive baseball. Everything else is funded by football. Fair enough. I mean, and I think that that's, I, I believe that. I think that that is, 
probably it's across why, the board. It, it, it's it's why this not to get down this rabbit hole because Chase and I just did a whole podcast about it. We'll probably do another one about it. I'm gonna do one later the day with Tyler Siski, McCready and Siski, where Tyler's probably gonna fight me about it. I'm like worried about my physical health. Um, <laughs> it's the problem with. Everybody wants to come up with a quote solution for football that limits transfers, that doesn't allow this unlimited transfer that's about to kick in. The problem is, is that you don't get to separate football from everything else. And these athletic departments are subject to Title IX legislation. So if you make the football players employees, well, you got to make the soccer players employees and the women's golf players employees and tennis and all of those things and it's just really complicated if if it were just running a football program and nothing else yeah you could come up with a lot of stuff but it's always been my thing and I cover Lane Kiffin and Lane's very smart and he's very when he gets big picture questions he's very good at answering them he will often say that, hey, this is pro sports now. And he's kind of stopped doing it because I think he's probably heard me and others like me go, well, except that it's not, right? I mean, I get what he's saying completely. But no, running the Ole Miss football program is not the same as running the Los Angeles Rams. Why? Well, because if you're the Rams, that's all you do. Yeah. You run the Rams. Makes the sense, goal, yeah. the objective of the Los Angeles you Rams. You don't run the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, it, the, the the objective of the Los Angeles Rams is to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And so everything they do um, organizationally is geared in that direction. I mean, yeah, they do some charitable things. They do have some arms that they're marketing. But everything is generally about winning football games for the Rams. Well, when, when you're Ole Miss – yeah, you do all those things, except you, you you pay for all these other programs and you have these rules and stuff. It, it, it's totally different. And with the Rams, right, you know going in that there's a salary cap, there's salary aprons, there's there's uh, you have a draft. If you uh, you know if if you're the worst team in the league, you get the first pick the best team in the league you get the last pick and everywhere in between so you you build around the draft it's totally different and and so i don't know man and then you know like with football uh, i i use this ex- it, it, it it's what's interesting about what you said because i was asking you and I, I i i'm not a fan i i'm i'll be totally frank about this if when and if i get out of this and do something different I don't have any heartstrings to it. I don't know how much I'd watch, like probably not much. I, I, how much would I keep up with it in a, in a world where I'm covering something completely different or doing something completely different? Not much. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, but it doesn't, this stuff doesn't bother me. Like the idea of turning your roster over 60% every single year. I'm like, whatever, it doesn't matter to me. But then I think, but I'm not a fan. So for right. you to say that, for you to say that, knowing I know you're a fan makes me think, I bet a lot of people are like you because at the end of the day, are you cheering for the people or are you cheering for the laundry? And, and, and I think with college sports, for the laundry. <laughs> yeah. And I think with college sports more than ever before, you're cheering for the uniform. 
Yeah. Because that uniform represents your school. It represents this, this, uh, thing that this place that you are emotionally attached to. And I'm not criticizing that at all. I'm not criticizing it one bit. People think I'm criticizing it because I'm one of these rare, weird people that, you know, I went to three places. I'm not emotionally attached to any of them. Um, I, I didn't, just because of where I was in my life, if I'm being honest, not to delve too far into this because we have a we have a deadline. I just didn't have a great college experience. I didn't. Sure. You know, I just didn't. It wasn't college wasn't a magical time for me. Um, the way it is for a lot of the way it has been for my girls. And yep. thank God. I mean, I, I I don't I'm not saying my my way is the right, my way is the wrong way. I will say that out loud. Um, but I don't have that attachment. But to hear you say that, it makes me think. That's why everybody goes, oh, man, this is going to break it. This is going to ruin it. I'm like, ah, no, it's not. You're just going to go and just going to cheer for the uniform. Yeah. Well, and like, and in my case, too, with like, I love my alma mater, which is Millsaps. Um, and I did not have an SEC experience, you know, at Millsaps by any stretch of the imagination. But the benefits that I, I shouldn't say but and the benefits that I got from my education and my network are. You know, like I am completely loyal. Uh, I am a recruiter. I'm a cheerleader for students to go to Millsaps. Now, when it comes to sports, obviously, like, yes, can I go to Millsaps homecoming and watch a game? Yes. Is it anything relative to an SEC experience? I'm not even in the same universe. Um, and my loyalties are to the Rebels, man, um, from have been a Rebel my entire life uh, growing up and and but it's you know it's like my son we both bleed red and blue uh we go to the games we're emotionally invested into the games but then when the game is over like i'm i'm done i don't i don't think about it i don't, it doesn't consume my life like i mean the sugar bowl uh when we played baylor was the a, a great example i mean that was a christmas present to christopher did we spend cash to get there? Absolutely, we spent cash to get there. First quarter, Corral goes down. We knew that the game was over at that point. They did the best they could, but like, you know, and then we when we left the, I can't remember if it was still called Mercedes, the Superdome. Yeah. When we left the Superdome, you know, we were, we were over it. We weren't complaining about any, and I guess, and we may be a little bit different than you know, a lot of, a lot of fans there. I know I realize people are overly invested into, you know, what 18 to 22, 23 year old dudes do on a Saturday. Um, that's just not us, man. And I think maybe some of it too is I wasn't, I was never on campus in Oxford. Um, you know, I didn't live it, eat it, breathe it, sleep it for, for four years. Um, so maybe I am a slightly different no, but I think I think most fans most, most fans are going to be that way. I I just think that's kind of how it is. I mean, I I think you know, I just I think for the most part, you 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 cheer for, you're cheering for the uniform, you're cheering for the people that represent your school. But yeah, I, I think it's that yeah. simple. So I don't really think that all the turnover is going to ultimately turn people off the way that a lot of people do. I, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm I, I get that. I've I've told you this before. I get that question sometimes. I'll do a radio show and people will say. So Neil, uh, how are the fans approaching this game? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not walking around talking to a hundred fans in Oxford going, how are you approaching this game? I'm like, I-, I can't speak for a fan base. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not one. And so I don't know how they feel. 
I have no idea. You know, I mean, I can look at my board and get a gauge, but typically the people who subscribe to rebelgrove.com are pretty big fans. Typically the people who participate in the message board are really big fans. And so, I, yeah. I, I mean, I it's can't scary. tell you, I can't tell you how the sort of casual fans approaching game against X on Saturday. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Let me ask and you dude, this. I do love college football though. Like, I mean, cause we watch the rebels, but dude, Christopher and I watch, um, you know, all different type, all different, uh, games and, and in, we just enjoy college football. But yes, if you hold the proverbial gun to my head and, say who's your team i mean both of us are going to say the rebels anyway ask so shoot ask your question okay here we go it's uh about eight minutes okay next time we get together be 2024 are you a uh, are you a resolution person are you are you planning any any new year's resolutions whether it be about your business or your personal life or anything yeah man i think um i'm i'm a I'm a fair weather resolutions person. If I'm being <laughs> totally honest, um, we obviously with the business, uh, we do have resolutions and plans and strategy. Uh, those are written in stone and well, I shouldn't say in stone. Those are written in pencil. And, uh, you know, we do have things that we're trying to do for the business, not just relative to growing it, you know, trying to make it better and healthier too. Um, but dude, I'll say some of my personal, you know, resolutions, um, really is stimulating around, um, like emotional and mental growth and understanding, um, you know, under, understanding myself a little more. Uh, and I think I've been doing a lot of work on me really in the last couple of years, but I've really done a lot of work on me this year. And, um, I'm, I'm seeing that when I show up different in all of my relationships, not just my wife, my kids, you know, I'm seeing it at, at the office. I'm seeing it with my, you know, with my ex-wife. Um, when I show up different, I'm having a lot better experience with other people. So, man, I've got a coach that I'm working with, um, and that is kind of my resolution is to continue to connect a lot of the dots and tie the strings together to understand the why part of me. And then, uh, that I can have the tools to, you know, modify some behavior, um, patterns and not like change me, but just, uh, realize like when something happens and a part of me gets activated that I can identify that and, and do something different, um, man. And I'll tell you something that's kind of cool that's happened yesterday. I have a dude that I needed to just clean my side of the street with, uh, not that I had done anything grossly wrong. I had just made some, uh, poor assumptions about what I thought I knew about this person. And then, uh, you know, and then kind of, uh, put, put boundaries around them based on, on assumptions versus facts. And, uh, yesterday I called that person, and, uh, and cleaned up my side of the street and dude, he told me, he's like, man, this is the best Christmas gift that anyone could have given me. And I'm not trying to toot my horn by any stretch of the imagination, but it just changes the dynamic of relationships when, when I can work on me and do better and, and be honest about when, you know, when I mess up. Uh, so anyway, I know that was a really long winded, long winded answer. Um, but that's my personal 
I'm not doing any of the lose weight, you know, get fit, get sexy. Uh, I'll fail on all those, but I can try to be a better human, a better dad, better father, better friend. I mean, just, I'd rather do that. Yeah. That's good. That's, yeah, that's, that's a really good answer. I haven't really, I was going to say, what about you, man? I haven't really. <laughs> all right. So my, my one that I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to dramatically reduce my phone time. Oh man. That's going to be something I'm I'm planning to really work on. It's going to, it's going to lead to, uh, it's going to lead to some, some pissed off subscribers at times, I think, but that's okay. okay. I need to do that for my mental health. Yep. Um, Dude, I will say my business partner, Reed, uh, for several years now, he has a, after 530, he does not touch his phone. So, like, you can't, if you call, I know if I call him or text or email or anything after 530, I'm not getting a response until the next morning because he's like, that is my time with my family. Yep. And people kind of get a little pissed off initially and then respect it. So, I think that's awesome, man. I, I need to do that, too. I'm well. I'm just, uh, I, I'm I, I realized I, I've realized that I'm, I'm, um, I'm a workaholic. Yep. I, I'm, that's, too, what I, that's what I am. And, I, and it's not good. It's not healthy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm missing things. I don't go see my parents enough. Um, I, I don't, I'm not there enough. Like even with like the, something, something going on with one of the girls, I'm not, I'm not there enough. Like, you know, they're talking to me and my mind's somewhere else. I've got it. So I'm 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 doing a, a test run next week. Cool, uh, dude. National signing day is Wednesday, the twentieth. And I'm gonna work that day, doing a podcast that night. I'm getting up on the morning of the third of the twenty first. And I'm gonna kind of do a cleanup post, like if there's anything left over from the day before. Yep. And I'm gonna sign off. And uh I'm gonna sign off for I'm going to Atlanta on the twenty sixth to cover uh the, the peach bowl that week. And I'm basically going to say, Hey, I'm not getting back on this board until I check into Atlanta. I'll check into Atlanta. I'll set up my computer and I'll say, Hey, hello from Atlanta coverage coming here at rebelgrove.com. I'm, I'm going to try it. And it's not me saying I need a break or any of that, but it is me acknowledging that like, I need, I, I need, I need to take better care of, of myself. Yeah. Because if I don't, what good am I? Right. And and so, yep. and I realized that I'm, 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 I'm on, I'm on it too much. I'm, I'm working too much. I'm too afraid of getting beat and all those things. And it just is what it is. I mean, that's, that's my, that's, that's my overriding resolution for 2024 is to spend, to be more, I'm pretty efficient as a worker, but to give myself a little more grace and give myself some off time where I am indeed off. And there are people that don't understand this because they're like, Man, well, all you do is cover football and basketball. You have a great job. I, I get it. I do. I do have a great job, but it's still work. Yeah. And 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 you know, I I I need to have off time. And yeah, got it. And and the, and the other thing I've got to hold hold myself to is, and I've got to figure out a way. We're running out of time. We're out of time. I've got to figure out a way with people when in my off time when they like, well, what do you think is going to happen with this recruiting class? To go, hey, respectfully, I'm I'm off work right yeah. now. Got to figure out a way to do that without coming across like an ass. And more importantly, feeling like that myself where it ruins my day that I'm like, yeah, I was rude to that guy. Because that's me. I'll be like, 
I was rude to that guy. It bothers me. It bothers me for days at a time. I got to, yeah. I got to be able to go, Hey, respectfully, I'm, I'm not at work right now. Yeah. You just arguing to like, Hey man, that's a great question. I'm, I'm going to try to answer that for you in the morning. Yeah. I'll, I'll answer that on the message yeah. board. Yeah. Or on, on the message board. Yeah. Or whenever. on my podcast or whatever. Yeah. All right, well, listen, that's awesome, I, dude. I'll, I'll I'll help you stay accountable to that. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try really hard. I, I am. I'm gonna try really hard to to um, when I'm off, I'm off. Because there's, there's a lot of people in that do what I do, and probably who do what you do, who are never off. And yeah, that's not good. You, no, it's you end up you end up running, you end up running on a, a low battery a lot. Yep, and that is we know what happens to batteries after a time when they've been low. Mm-hmm. They just die. They just die. Yep. Yep. Well, hey, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, brother. Uh, to your family. and yeah, uh, to all of our listeners. Happy New Year to all of our – Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. We'll be back some point early January. We'll we'll catch back up. And like we said, we've said many times, 2024 is going to be a wild year. It is going to be wild. And so <laughs> – Strap in so many, on the seatbelts, baby. In so many ways. And so we'll uh, we'll talk, start talking about that on the other side. But in the meantime, uh, again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. Happy Hanukkah, happy, all those things to people uh, who are listening to our show. We certainly appreciate you listening and uh, telling people about it and all the positive feedback that we get. And, um, yeah, if you need some help, get in touch with the people at Argent. It's myargentwealth.com, M-Y-Argent, A-R-G-E-N-T, wealth.com. So for Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Until next time, take care.